Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode since Reboot. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Meeting Listeners or 500 Ibuprofen, one of the two. Um, Andrea wanted to use Meeting Listeners. I want to take 500 Ibuprofen right now, but instead... I'm going to have some of this whiskey. That's the still Austin whiskey. That Jeff gave us. Yeah. And who would Jeff be? Oh, listener. What kind of listener? I'm working on my segues and I'm not doing good. (laughs) He would be a listener that contributes $20 a month to Patreon. And along with Jeff, we would have other Jeff. And what's funny is we have both spellings of Jeff. We have a, is there a G off in there? There's a G off. That's where the whiskey came from. Okay. That's why he goes by Goof. And um, then we have Standard Jeff with a J. Um, American Jeff. Is G off a Colorado thing? Uh, no, I had a G off in uh, Memphis. There was a. a I think G off is when you have your rebound set wrong and you hit a hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, so back to seriousness. We have. Jeff, Jeff, Michael, Troy, and Brady. And I don't know if this ever made it to the show, so I'm going to plug this right now. I'm going to have to unplug my headphones and go grab something that's like literally 20 inches outside of my reach being plugged in. All right, so, because Brady sent us this. So Brady's friend launched a company called Embark Good Energy. And it is really, 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 really good maple syrup that comes in very convenient pouches. And it's got flavors also if you yeah. if you roll that way. There's flavored ones, and it's really good. And I'm really glad that this was sent to us, and it's amazing. And I'm really glad that we have this, and it was cool. Kenny, so, speaking of that, did you get your um, listener care package gift card in the mail? I did. I got my McDonald's gift card, and I bought everybody at the shop chicken nuggets. Did you really? I did. You just made it rain chicken nuggets on everyone at the shop? That is correct, yep. Awesome. What? How many chicken nuggets did $25 get you? I got five meals, plus I chipped in a little bit of my own cash. How many chicken nuggets are in a meal? Ten. So you got 50 nuggets. How many sauces did that take? Well, that was 50 nuggets, five fries, five drinks. Oh, yep. okay. Um, and then 500 ibuprofen. That's because we just pulled a bunch of weeds and my back hurts. And if you want to make fun of me for pulling weeds, we You filled... can come to our house and pull the fucking weeds because these aren't just like the crabgrass that grows around your begonias. No, this is like it's been raining an amazing, wonderful amount here in Colorado but I filled my 5 by 10 utility trailer to like three feet deep with weeds and then ratchet strapped all that shit down with some like scrap wood on top and took it to the dump and dumped it all out. And by dumped it out, I mean we shoveled like, it onto a threw pile. it off with our hands because it's not a dump trailer because I ain't got it like that. <laughs> I bought this trailer for $500 and I have gotten at least $1,000 worth of use out of it and it is amazing. It is pretty amazing. It's a wonderful little trailer. But yeah, that's, we basically have the, it's an invasive, noxious weed. I forgot the name of, uh, because I just, I learned it once and then immediately forgot it. But it is an invasive, noxious weed, along with some other ones that are invasive and noxious. It's several that all grow together, including one that grows very flat to the ground and has a root that's like a fucking carrot. I don't know. I hate that one. That one, it's terrible. Like it's. It's really if it's really small, you can barely pull it out of the ground and if it's bigger than 6 inches around, like you're just going to break the plant off. It's awful. But we've got all of these invasive weeds that grow. Normally they don't really grow in our yard, but we got a lot of rain, a lot more rain than usual, and so the all of the plants and animals are enjoying it, including the plants that we don't want in the yard. So that's what we did this afternoon, and it was one of the joys of home ownership. Yeah, I'm looking at an invasive species list trying to figure out what it is so I can tell people. I one is called kosha, I think, or something like that. 
I might be thinking of something from yoga that also has a very similar name. I could be totally wrong. Anyway, uh, I wanted the episode to be brought to you by meeting listeners, not just because of the listeners who gave us the whiskey, but also a couple of weeks ago, I got to meet listeners Austin and Lizzie from North Carolina. And it was a very random meeting. I kind of had a ride plan, but not really. And I ended up just driving to Monarch Crest to do an out and back. That's what you do when you live near Salida. You just go to like a world-class bucket list sort of trail and you're like, I'm just going to piddle around up here. And <clears throat> I happened upon this nice couple and they... Do they... Is that true? Yeah. Okay. And uh, they were kind of... I don't remember if they were stopped or if they were just kind of like taking it easy down the trail, but uh, I... Just said, hey, you guys mind if I get around? And they recognize my voice, which I think is a first for for me. Most people recognize me or they already know who I am like ahead of time. Like they come into, you know, when I worked at Absolute Bikes and when they come into the shop and they're like, Andrea works here. I'm going to go see her. And this was actually someone that recognized my voice. And they're like, hey, are you Austin? Was like, are you Andrea? Yes. From the Just Riding Along show or something like that. It was, I don't remember the exact conversation, but yeah, they they uh, recognized me just by me asking if I could uh, get by them. So that was cool. And I got really excited and just didn't ask what their names were <laughs> and rode off after we chatted for a few minutes. And then since I was doing an out and back, I was like, well, I, that was dumb. I'm going to ask them what their names are on the way back. And so I did. And it was it was cool. I have a picture of them on Instagram. If you go to the Just Riding Along Show Instagram, are there you, you learning go. about weeds? I'm trying to, and I didn't. I didn't learn about weeds. Okay. I'm gonna learn some more about this whiskey. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and knock it out. I have not been riding. Um, I have not been doing anything, and I went for one ride since we recorded last, and it hurt a lot. Because I'd already done a bunch of... When I talk about pulling weeds, I don't mean like, eh, I pulled weeds for like 20 minutes in this little area. Like, no, my whole like two-acre property is weeds. And I would like just <laughs> throw... It's not quite the whole thing is weeds, but there's a, lar- a substantial patch that we pulled about half of. And the other day, I spent like an hour and a half, and I like pulled a bunch of weeds, and I trimmed a bunch of scrub oak or gamble oaks that were like getting a little out of control and I did a bunch of stuff and then like it just crippled me like I just you don't have that retail fitness anymore I'm not retail fit anymore I am literally going to have to start working out because I'm not retail fit anymore I never slept for those of you that don't know I'm never going to get called about my job again so my job is off the table but I stand at a desk and I talk on the phone and I talk about bikes. A handful of you have talked to me and like shit in your pants about it. It's just, you get like halfway through the call and it's like Kenny was saying the other day with that that customer, they're like, you haven't recorded in a while. They're just like, hey man, I think I know you. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you probably do. Anyways, I'm not retail fit. I haven't schlepped two pallets of Konas in through the back door in, since 2019. Or hung bikes like eight feet over your no head. No one's came to me and been like, Matt, can you get this bike down from up high? Like, I, I I used to be the dude that would take like the broomstick with a bike. With a hook on the end With a hook on the end of it and be the one that like, no exaggeration, the hook is like 11 feet in the air and they're just like, get down this aluminum Kona Process 153 for me. And I'm like, yeah, hold this hardtail out of the way. Let me just not throw my back out. Like, I, I was so fit from that, and I'm not anymore. I'm going to have to start working out because I am one blown up, worthless sack of shit right now. <laughs> like, I went for a ride yesterday after work. No, two days ago after work. I pulled weeds three days ago. I did a ride the next day. And, like, Andrea was coming home from the dairy, and she saw me on the way home, and she misinterpreted me flashing her my chest as one in the ride. <laughs> And then she, like, stops and waits for me in my own truck. Um, and then I'm like, no, go home and make guacamole. And then she goes home. She makes some guac. I ride home. And she's like, did you ride hard? And I'm like, I did not ride hard. 
that was a very hard ride. So, once again, Matt, when he imitates me, my voice is deeper than his. This is the. <laughs> I have two imitation voices. I have Valley Girl, and I have, and there's nothing, and then there's just me. It's which or, one is Kenny? Well, it depends on what Kenny was doing. If Kenny was bitching and whining about something, it'd be like, and if Kenny was like fucking sending the day we off a jump, he'd be like, I'm gonna fucking do it. Like it's just, that's just how it goes. Kenny, how is the Daewoo? Yeah, we need a Daewoo update. It's still around. It's in storage right now. I haven't done anything with it in a minute. I need to make sure it runs. It's probably been a year since it's been turned on. Make sure no mice have made homes in the wiring. It's possible. That would be terrible. It's so easy to plate anything there. Like, okay, what do you have for vehicles right now? You have the Civic. You have the Lexus Prius. You have the Daewoo. Did you ever buy a truck? No, the Daewoo will probably go away. The Civic's also going away. So I'll just have the Lexus. No. No, the <laughs> Civic's not going away. Yeah, it's just not worth it. As much as I like that car, and I have an emotional investment in it, it's uh, you know, it's got a side caved in because somebody smashed into me. It's just not worth it. I mean, the yeah, I have so little money in that car. I don't want to pour a bunch of money into it. Uh, basically, I've owned well, it. You for, could very easily start over with something else, right? Yeah, I mean, I've owned it for twenty years. I've put very little money in it, and then the insurance company gave me five grand to go away when somebody totaled it out, and then they gave me the car back. So it's just not worth putting money into. So if any of our listeners want to purchase Kenny's wrecked ass Civic, <laughs> now it's, it's already it's already sold. Oh damn! Too bad. If anyone wants to purchase Kenny's Daewoo, sounds like it's for sale. Yeah, I let me know. The Daewoo. Yeah, the Daewoo let is for that. sale. Let yeah. me get that. Come get it. I got 1200 bucks on it. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I need is a turboed vehicle that was built in Kenny's garage that doesn't have a heater or interior. That is false. It has no interior, but it does have a heater. Oh, it doesn't have a defroster. Is that right? It's kind of a defroster. It's, uh, it's an old <laughs> heater core. It's where Kenny just sits in the passenger seat and fans your window. Yeah, it's not as bad as the one time we drove it, Matt, in the when we had an oh, inverter okay. in there with a little baby heater pointed at the windshield so we could see where we're going. This has an oh actual heater core in it. It's got a computer fan that uh, blows through the heater core, just like a, a real car. <laughs> and it works fine. It works great. <laughs> Can you, can you please send me pictures? Just so all of our listeners know, the reason why our Instagram for the Just Riding Along show is just Matt and Andrea, it's because I keep asking Kenny for pictures, and he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> and I just never get any Kenny pictures, and he has these gems like a heater core with a computer fan. I do. I've got that lots I just of don't have stuff. access to. I know. I'll find a lot of good ones for you. I just need, send me like, the last 10 pictures that you have on your phone that Ooh. don't have dicks or boobs in them or vaginas yeah, no or boobs any, and vagines. nothing that would get us kicked off of Instagram. Like just the last 10 pictures that qualify for not getting pick- kicked off of Instagram. We're going to find out that Kenny has like this really, really bougie, like Izzy Vodka Instagram page where he just takes like really artsy photos of Izzy Vodka. And like that account has like a thousand or like a million followers. Dude, totally off topic mostly i have a facebook friend from memphis who i they're like part of the mma community this guy's son who is i believe eight years old he's young he's like single digits old he found out that his son was making instagram accounts getting over 10 like ten thousand followers and then selling the accounts and he's like, I can't even be mad at this kid. Like, that's genius. Like, this kid's been making money, and I just found out about it, like, from my bank or something. Like, they're like, you know, there's odd activity on your account. And I am and I like, had to go to my kid and be like, what are you trying to do with my bank account? And he's like, well, I need to, sell, like, I'm selling these Instagram accounts with all these followers on them. And this is like a, yeah, like a, a little kid. And he's like, I... 
I mean, I have to like discipline him somehow, but it's like I'm really impressed. Like this is amazing. He's like, I'm gonna spank you with my new gator skin belt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just fun fact. That was funny. Anyway, what's going on bike wise that we want to talk about? Or Kenny, do you guys want to talk about what you've been doing? I just kind of rambled about how I'm a bitch about pulling weeds and then acted as if no one else had anything interesting to say. No, I really don't this week. I rode some motorcycles and it was cool, but no cool mountain bike stories for you yet. It's still really smoky outside, so I'm trying to do lazy person activities like riding motorcycles, although it's still pretty difficult. Like riding motorcycles is hard. Yeah. Okay. I have one bike. I want to agree with that for sure. Motorcycle riding will like destroy you because it's so physical. That's for sure. But I do, I, I just have to like admit it. I, every time I see, and we're going to go somewhere with this, Kenny, this is going to start to become informational. So informative. Um, every time I see a hot XC bike, I just want it. I really, <laughs> really want a like, electric sex amazing xc bike and i don't know why i just really want one so i have a couple of questions for you kenny which is this let's talk epics for a moment i want to know some things about the epic that i think i know i just want you to help me know that if i know them correctly okay okay so epic versus epic evo let's assume someone wanted an epic that did not have a brain. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say the easiest path would be to purchase an Epic Evo and then either swap the fork or shorten the fork travel and then add the internal reducer on the shock? Is that the only thing you do or is it in a different yoke as well? No, you could do that. I don't know about yokes on the Evo just yet. I've not had anybody do that. There might be something out there that exists from a company like Bike Yoke. They used to sell a product called the No Brainer. That was for last sure. generation, and it's for um, like the 2018 to 21 Epic, which only came with a brain, and you could run like a really specific teeny tiny shock, maybe like a X Fusion or Manitou or something weirdo. A Fox wouldn't fit in there, I don't think. I could be wrong. Anyway, right, that's like what it the wouldn't old clear one. the top two. Yeah, because it's really tight in there. So the new, new bike, the brained version, uh, the 100 mil travel one, I don't know if anybody makes any accessories for that one. They might. That would be cool if they did. But the Evo is a completely different frame, like totally different. It might as well be a completely different bicycle. It just shares the epic name, essentially. Um, Uh. It's 115 in the rear. Is that the problem? You want to run... A shorter fork or something? I want a I want a one hundred so here's the thing. The epic The ne- thing is when you had a one hundred one hundred bike, it was like, Oh, I don't need this bike and you sold it. It was old and junk. Yeah, I don't think that anybody in twenty twenty one should own a hundred mil bike, personally. Uh but eh. I mean the the new stuff is so good. I wouldn't overthink it. I would just get it an Epic Evo. And you can always just run a tiny bit more air pressure or a tiny bit more damping. Like weight-wise, they're going to be the same. So it's like, who cares? And as long as you like the starting geometry on it, like how it sits in the upper part of the travel, if you're happy with how it steers and all that kind of stuff, just run a little bit more pressure and then you're going to be good to go. I wouldn't worry about like cracking open the shock and like redoing stuff. Yeah, you could limit the travel by, um, you know, putting a reducer on the damper shaft and stuff and then maybe running a volume spacer to make it more reasonable, but I don't know. I I wouldn't really do that personally. I guess you could also put a hundred mil fork on it if you want to sharpen up the steering, but you might run into bottom bracket height problems. You could run some stubby cranks or something like some one seventies. See, I was thinking it was the same front and rear triangle. And then, but what I was thinking is like the Epic and the Epic Evo frames are really similar or like the bikes end up similar in weights because it's like it runs a heavier fork the other bike runs the brain, which is a heavier shock. So if you yeah. got rid of the heavy shock and ran the light fork and then ran like a rigid post, like I, I know you're saying like no one needs that, but I'm thinking like a literal like Leadville bike, like that would be really light, really good. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could 
I think the frames are significantly different. I'd have to do more right. research on it, to be honest. But when I first looked into it, when they came out and put eyes on them and everything, definitely rear triangle situation is totally different. Is it the same front triangle? Oh, well. Possibly. I don't know. I know on the like Scott Sparks, for example, the Spark and the Spark RC are the same front and rear triangles, is my understanding. It's just different linkage and a different shock, and that's it. And, of course, different fork. And they put the shock in the hole. Well, now they got the shock oh, in yeah, the hole. Oh, yeah, someone had... I forgot what platform it was on. Maybe it was on Instagram, and I just missed it last week when we were asking questions. Someone wanted to know what we thought about the shock placement on the new Scott. Yeah, I've seen one in person. Um, they're, I don't know, they seem neat. I'm not saying they're not going to have problems. On the surface, it seems pretty well thought out. Everything is that little bit better, you know, from running cables in the head tube, all the little things, you know, the things that would bother a mechanic all seem to be like pretty well thought out, which is pretty neat. It's still got some special procedures if you want to do rear shock stuff, like, you know, either do an air can service or this or that. Like getting the shock out of the bike's a little bit annoying, but it's not terrible. If you had a bigger problem or something else come loose and like you have to change that rocker arm that's like inside the frame, that's probably a little bit gnarlier. But I haven't taken one all the way down yet, so I don't. I don't know, but on the surface, seems pretty legit, and they look, I mean, you can't deny that they don't look slick. I'd, I'd like to actually ride one, but yeah, seems pretty neat. One of the uh, guys brought a, a marketing sample around, so I couldn't really ride it. it. had no pedals on it, but yeah, it seems like a neat bike. That was, I just found it, it was from uh, Liam. Yeah, do we, like, I know Matt, you, you might not be done with your epic question. Do you have anything more on that? Uh, no, I mean, you kind of answered it. Like, you don't really, the only thing you'd really be saving is, like, the fork. But I don't think I would be bummed to run, like, the SID 35. So. I mean, that's what I'd do. You could always, like, split the difference a little bit, too, especially if you want to sharpen it up. From a weight standpoint, I mean, you, you personally should never run a 32 stanchion anything anyway, ever. So, like, just put that out of your brain. <laughs> Dude, those, here, those don't exist. Okay, You're not allowed to run thing. one. I loved my original, the Noodle Stepcast 32. I thought that fork was fucking great. I really did. So, Kenny, just for our listeners that are like, why would Kenny tell Matt he should never run that fork? Why, for, you know, just, just for in infotainment, why should Matt never run a Stepcast 32 or SID Ultralight fork? Yeah, so the reason people used to run 32 chassis stuff is because they were significantly lighter. And for the longest time, 32 was the only thing you could buy. Uh, but now that people have realized you can build a quite lightweight 34, 35, and I'm sure a 36 if they wanted to chassis, like the mid-size chassis, you can build those things within like 100 grams of the thinner stanchion ones. And especially if you're a rider, if you're over 150 pounds, the feeling of the bigger stanchion forks are unbelievable. Like they're just so, they're better in every single way. So the problem is the smaller chassis forks, uh, when you really load it up in corners, when you brake hard, um, the whole chassis just flexes, especially fore and aft, like frontwards, backwards, they just flex a ton. Like imagine when you brake. So once you ride a bigger Just chassis break before fork, you get in the corner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And here's the thing. It's not that you can't go fast on a 32. Of course you can go fast as shit on a 32. Some of the fastest people on the planet ride 32s because they just don't care or they're that lightweight or their team just hands them a bike and they just ride it blindly, like whatever it is. But I will say it's pretty cool that about half of the men's field on the, um, that are running the Fox stuff, half of the men's field is now running the Stepcast 34 on their, like, this is tip-top level cross-country World Cup racing. So it's telling you something. They're just Those that much better. Those courses are also gnarly. They are absolutely like most gnarly. wouldn't want to tackle that course on their trail bike. I would say that even on a trail bike, I would say, imagine... If we grouped up all what we consider avid mountain bikers, like people that ride once or twice a week and, you know, have decent equipment, 
I'd be willing to bet that less than 10% of those people on any bike they choose could clear one of those courses without putting a foot down, period, like one lap. Uh, anyway. That's amazing. Like since, I mean, I guess I started mountain biking around 2009 or so, and basically people, the general consensus was cross-country courses are just like glorified gravel, like single-track gravel courses, basically. They're just, you know, it's nothing. I mean, even back when, they... They were never that tame. Yeah, there were a couple stops they'd go to that were kind of tame. But for the most part, the last even 10 years, and especially the last like four years, holy crap, they're, I mean, they're insane, like absolutely insane. Regardless, that's not really the topic we're going on. Back to fork size, the bigger chassis, like when you're, when you got the fork really loaded up, you're in a berm, all the things, like everything about it, the fork actually goes up and down through its travel instead of flexing essentially so that the actual air spring and the damper can do their proper job rather than the fork just deflecting and being like a little you know weird undamped spring essentially so yeah i find 32 stanchion forks are my favorite thing for uh gravel and this is a wonderful segue because sram just released their explore gravel group that includes a fork that is not a 100 mil travel fork. Have we talked about Explore yet? No, no we I haven't. haven't. All right, well, we'll do a quick we overview. We speculated pretty oh, heavy. I gotcha. Well, let's do a quick overview real quick. I'll just start rattling off stuff that I know, and I'm sure everybody you know, is more than capable of going to Bike Rumor and all the usual sources, but uh, for anybody who might not be aware or who doesn't care, we're going to tell you anyway. Essentially... Do you have any bikes in your shop? Like, did you, were you able to like pre-order a bike with all the stuff on it and basically put it on the floor the day it was released? No, we probably will have some bikes coming in with it. Uh, but SRAM's got, well, I'm not going to go into that right now, but I was not, uh, I was not offered a window to buy any components pre-launch. So, uh, no, I don't have any. And where was I going with that? No, I don't have any. I haven't put my hands on it. But basically, it's the wireless road group designed to be run one by. It uses it can use the same shifters and brakes and any axis stuff you want. So whatever shifters you can cobble up, it doesn't really matter. The derailleur work with mountain and road or whatever you want to do. But it's designed to be a one by system. And essentially, all that's new is there's a cassette that's going to be a 1044, 1042. 44. 44. Okay. So 1044 cassette. And then you're going to have a little bit longer cage derailleur. And you're going to have it in, I don't know if they have a rival yet. I know they have force and red editions of it, of both the cassette and the derailleur. I'm sure they'll probably come out with a rival version eventually, but that's pretty much the gist. That's um, it. It's just a derailleur and a cassette. And then you link it up with other existing SRAM parts. Um, I think the red rival cassette is the same one. And then I think the, uh, the red rival or red force cassette is the same cassette. And then I think the uh, the fancy cassette or the cheap cassette is the the force one or the gosh, <laughs> Shram red and rival I think are. Sh- <laughs> you are having trouble here. I can I can hold your hand if you want to try it one more time. <laughs> I think force and red are sharing a cassette. And then there is a more budget rival cassette being offered, is my understanding. I, it's something you know, like, like that. they don't offer a ten thirty six red cassette. Yeah, so there's two cassettes: one that's Red Force, and then there's another cassette that's Rival. Gotcha. And they do have all three derailers. Oh, cool! And they are making a little shorty twenty seven two seat post that is either 50 or 75 millimeters of travel. And when you have it anywhere other than full extension, it has a little bit of suspension to it. And I will say it is not like when you ride other, like I've ridden a Cane Creek suspension seat post. buster. Yeah, and, and I can see now that we've had a really shitty old tandem for a while. And now that I've ridden a little bit on it, I can see why most... Stoker seat post are a thud buster. Oh, you should put one on the back of the tandem. For sure. But it's not that... It's very, very, very subtle. I've had the opportunity to ride the seat post, 
And it's very much like riding a titanium seat post. It really just, when it's in the suspension mode, it's just takes kind of the edge off of stuff like washboard uh, and square edge bumps and things like that. It is definitely not a lot of movement that you're going to really, really notice or feel unstable or anything. Like it's not even noticeable other than it feels like you just turned your very rigid seat post into a nice flexi tie post. It's kind of the best way I can describe it. Yeah, and it, it works really well from my experience. But and it's the group has a fork. Uh can I can I bash on the cassette real quick? Always. Oh yeah, they left a twelve out, didn't yeah. they? Or the eleven? Yeah. They left it they left a gear out that we've always wanted and Yeah, they did something that I don't understand. Like SRAM beats the drum about like one tooth jumps. One tooth jumps, and I'm like, wait, when have they ever beat that drum? None of their mountain cassettes are that way. They're all ten. 12. They do it on road. Don't all they? their road stuff is uh, how many one tooth jumps can we offer? And what I was really hoping they would do is literally take a ten. And when I say hoping they would do, you guys go back in time, like realize that we are industry insider douchebags. But eventually what happens is someone that we know might go, shut up, it's coming, but it's like this, and just shut the fuck up. Because they're tired of hearing us bitch about something that's, like, close, right? Like, we we, knew... we don't we don't get, like, the real industry insider stuff. No. We're on the fringes of the industry. We're on the industry fringe insider stuff. And the thing that I'm going for here is, like, we knew that Eagle Tap was coming because, like... it. Well, there was that... Uh... Oh no, that was that was just Eagle. Like Bike Rumor released that one an article they had to take down like the same day, like four hours later, where they released Eagle. Oh, I don't remember that, but I'm yeah. just going for the fact that it's like, okay, you make a road group that's oh that's wireless and premium. You now have twelve speed mountain. You don't have electronic mountain. Shimano has electronic mountain. Nino Scherter has a bike with no wires. No, even before, like, it's just, like, not surprising when you're like, yeah, they're gonna make an electronic mountain bike group. Yeah, like, we've talked about that in the past, that we we don't always necessarily know things because we've been told. We know things by the power of brains and right. brain cells. And Speaking of large okay. stanchion forks, way back when, we all asked for, what if you guys made a... Uh, Pike, Pike, World Pike, uh, Pike World Cup or a Pike race or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we we essentially asked for that because after, you know, we rode some of the kind of mid-weight revamped Fox 34s, for example, we were like, holy shit, these are amazing. We should build these in a little bit shorter travel and everybody in the world would buy them. Oh, yeah, and another, you know, so we asked for Pike World Cup and we got the SID. We asked for Eagle Tap and we got axis eagle now i asked for the 27 moto and we have the 101 well okay here's another one to consider though so here's a problem with the 101 and i think that i'm gonna go on record here and say if this never happens of course you can make fun of me you can make fun of me anyways i put myself out every week and all you have to do is just email us at through the contact on the just riding along show web page and you can make fun of me it's that simple and where i'm going though is like i just want to know and I'm, I'm pulling the weights up like while we while i go here zip makes a 303 disc at 1530 grams they make a 202 disc at 1558 grams do you think a lighter 202 is coming because it should be it damn where damn well better be right like what does envy offer that zip doesn't a 2.2 a super light road wheel you know a 1400 gram road wheel and disc i don't know if it's quite that light but you know what i mean like it's not hard to look and say well like the 303 is lighter than the 202 and the 202 looks like they've updated the graphics but it hasn't gotten a real update in quite a while I bet a lighter 202 is coming. Like, it doesn't take rocket surgery to figure that out, right? And to to quit ranting fueled by whiskey, to go back to the point, like, 
SRAM beats the drum about those one-tooth jumps, I was really hoping they were going to take a 1042 cassette and literally just, it goes 10, 12, blah, 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 42. I was hoping they were just going to put an 11 in it and be like, cool, here is your 12-speed mid, or, you know, road mid-cage or road long-cage setup. Um, and honestly, I was hoping it was going to be mountain short-cage for Florida, but it's not. So, um, what else do we want to talk about Explore now that I've gone on a drunken rant about how wheels should be lighter? I want those rims in a light wheel build. Do it. Yeah, I want those built with like some i9 hubs. Just because, and I understand like some DT Swiss, the 180s that Kenny would never buy again. I understand that those would be lighter, but... I am an engagement whore, so I just I gotta have the engagement of the i nines. Don't at me. Uh, on a random hub thing, what I'd like to try. One of my coworkers just bought a set. I need to see how they run, but the new uh, the new lightweight Onyx hubs they seem pretty intriguing. They're still a little heavy for my preference, but um, I'd like to give them a try. Sure. I mean, I mean, when I've worked on bikes that have Onyx hubs, I do very much enjoy that it's silent and it's easy to adjust brakes and it seems like a very nice system but yeah it's always just been heavy that's it um what else with explore oh the fork the ruby rudy rudy whatever i'm sure specialized had something to do with that oh that's right they yeah. have a bike called the ruby i forgot yeah. that so is that a rock shock fork i think so or is it a SRAM fork that's what I'm I'm trying oh. to find it. Oh no, it's a Rudy. It's on the SRAM page. So Yeah, so it's Rudy a flat mount thirty or forty mil travel, I think are the two options you get. And it holds a fender. All right. I'm is not into it. it. <laughs> I'm not, not it. into it. Yeah, it's so this is what we had a discussion with one of our longtime fans. Well, I had a little discussion with him on Twitter. Uh when you have a bike a drop bar bike that has a fork that has a dropper post and the axis posts they're just they're they're not super light they're definitely not the lightest posts out there i do like how fast and just smooth they are compared to other dropper posts but you know there's definitely a weight penalty there i kind of wonder what a bike that's fully equipped with you know the wheel set 1600 grams or so i think for the 700C size, I think is about, I don't remember the exact weight on it, but how much is that bike going to weigh? Okay, so I think what you're trying to ask right now is what if we took a 3T Exploro Yeah, Max, like a nice carbon frame. And then put a Rudy on it, and then put Force one by on it, and then put 50-millimeter tires on it, and then put a dropper post on it. Like, what does that weigh compared with, like, my drop bar mountain bike. No, no. Let's go a different route here. You want to go to something production? I want to go to, like, let's say a cutthroat yeah. with a real fork. Like, like a SID SL. A SID SL. Yeah, so I think on a gravel bike or like a a long distance, you know, like Tour Divide style touring bike like the cutthroat, I think that a 32 mil stanchion fork is a wonderful place for like that's a great place for that fork if you're not using that fork for cross all out just cross country racing. So Kenny, what are your thoughts on the damper or the the air the air bumper spring in the in the Explore fork? It's not. They just put a block of rubber down there. <laughs> you think it's going to work? It's like a squishy engineered block of rubber. What yeah, are you talking it's about? called an elastomer, which was in the Quadro <laughs> Five from 1994. Well, hopefully they were able to recycle a lot of those old ones that were just laying around the, the warehouse. <laughs> no, I mean, as much as I'm making fun of it, I think it's a perfectly fine idea. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. You're never going to be taking or you shouldn't be taking an actual, like, massive hit where you have to make a very special damper that's got cool ramp-up characteristics towards the bottom of the stroke and, like, different velocities do different things. Why not just make it a plush fork, which is going to be... 99% of the time and then when you do hit something that's pretty harsh it doesn't just want to explode or rattle your teeth out because it bottoms out metal on metal 
so yeah, I think that's a, a perfectly reasonable approach. Cool. Uh, anything else with Explore? I just want the two seven moto. I'm going to call it that. I'm not going to say one oh one. They keep they keep just dodging our names that we make up, and I'm just salty <laughs> about it. This is the fourth time now. Come on, Sram. One day they're going to take one of our names, and it's going to be the peak. Like we'll just have to stop doing the podcast after that. Like that's when we're going to peak. Is when Sram takes one of our made up names for their products that we predict. Is it going to be peak or climax? Peak. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got. Yeah, a we'll peak then. There. Like after that, we just won't ever be able to top it. So we. Just I'm sure what they would do it was to just say like, "Look, we're going to give you a thousand dollars, and we're going to tell <laughs> here's you." Here's a shiny. Here's a shiny one thousand dollar bill. Yeah, we're going to give you a thousand dollars, and we're going to say in paperwork that it's for buying this name that you guys came up with that we were going to call it anyway, but really, we want you guys to stop doing the podcast. <laughs> you guys are so he's like look the amount of holes punched in drywall around SRAM facilities worldwide cost us roughly a hundred grand a year we're gonna give you 25k to just knock this shit off <laughs> probably uh do we have listener questions we should knock a few out yeah we do i have uh, one from Patreon that I want to get to. And then we still have a few left in that, that one post that I made that got 40 questions asked on it. Uh, we have a question from Matthew G. Sup, G. He says, hey, everyone, I was wondering if I could ask a question. Of course no, you can. No, fuck you. Is that too much? Should I tone it down a little? Tone it down just a little. He's, no. Seems like off. a nice person, so... I I wasn't sure if it was best to message here or Instagram. Well, as a Patreon member, uh, if you message through Patreon, your question gets priority over all the other ones. I just uh, made that rule up. I don't. I I, still I, I like just being, made it up. I like being a show for the people. I appreciate those that support us, but I don't want to become like an incestuous little that, pool of that. That I don't think you. I that, like using that word that, doesn't mean what you think I it like means. I like using that word because it makes people uncomfortable. Okay. Anyway, hopefully Matt won't lose his mind, but it's a tire question. I already did. I yeah, I already told you you couldn't ask the question without even knowing it, so I the fuck you stands. <laughs> I got a Scott Spark a few months back. Why? <laughs> it's such a fun bike, but I'm looking for a fast rolling tire, Maxis, with a bit more front end traction. It has recon front rear now. I have no problem with the rear, but would love some more front grip. I ride Pisgah a lot, and then and rocks get slick even with a little bit, even with a bit of rain. I want a tire that will still roll fast. So I was trying to avoid a DHF. What would y'all recommend? The aggressor or just bite the bullet and go DHF? Thanks for everything. So glad the show is back. So I'll go real quick. First and foremost, there is unfortunately no tire on the entire planet that will help with wet rocks and wet roots because the knobs have essentially nothing to do with anything at that point. Like, it just doesn't matter. They're not digging down yeah, into it's anything. It's like softest rubber compound you can get might make a tiny bit of a difference. Yeah, possibly. The only thing that I would say would possibly make a difference are essentially the tires that are good for one World Cup level downhill run in the rain. They're like that soft and they do exist, but you're not going to be buying those. So um, not well, A, because you might not be able to because there's some super special thing and B, because they've got these ridiculously long like treads that if you tried to ride them on anything dry, it would be like wiggly and terrible and it would wear out in like a mile. So anyway, that doesn't exist. You just got to get that out of your mind. Um, as far as just a good all rounder, I haven't ridden the new ground controls yet. I really want to, so I'm not going to recommend them cause I haven't ridden them, but just tread looking at the tread and feeling like the rubber compounds and everything. I think the new ground controls will be really good. It's just an all rounder. I'm currently riding the standard recon in a 2.6 and they make it in a couple different uh, compounds as far as softness goes. And they're really good. Just a good tire, not going to roll too slow, going to get good grip. It's good for kind of any surface. Um, probably not going to be good for downright mud. 
um, and probably not the best in like super loamy conditions. Like in loam, if you're going to just like shroud in loam, it's going to be like a DHF or a dissector or an Agasai, uh, or however you pronounce that all those like monster tires. There's just no subs. Yeah. There's no substitute for something that's just got gigantic long tread blocks on it. So if you're like riding through that mulchy, just crazy, amazing dirt, and you want to like rail as hard as you can, those are the tires you're going to have to have. Like there's no getting around that. Um, but yeah, as an all rounder, I think that recon's a really good one. Uh, what else? That's about all yeah, I got. He mentions the aggressor here. I yeah, had a the few aggressor. Customers. It's like a. I step had a few up. customers that I asked them like they'd run it as a fr- they'd run it front and rear. And it's like, how do you like this as a front tire? It's, I mean, Maxis calls it a rear tire. It's like their tire yeah, they made for I just, the back of bikes. That, and, looking at that tire, I don't, I don't understand it. It's almost like, it almost looks like a negative tread tire to me. As in, the tread blocks are not the smallest part of the tire. The negative airspace, like between the blocks, that's like the smallest part of the tire. There's so much, like. There's so much rubber that I don't understand how it can really grip down into anything. Like it, it's very, it's a bizarre tire to me. I'm sure it's fine. You know it's a good tire. What? Bond Trigger XR4 gets you some. That tire slaps as a front tire. That is a good front tire. Yep, yep, for sure. You know, I'm riding right now the WTB Trail Boss as a front tire. And the version I'm riding currently is the heavy version with the slash guard. Because I I need stuff like that. And they do make it, if you get any of the WTB tires in the skin wall or tan wall version, uh, that is the light version. It doesn't have additional flat protection, but I actually had really good. I had um, a Ranger, which right now I'm riding. Ford fucking Ranger. <laughs> I am riding a Trail Boss 2.4 front and a Ranger 2.4 rear in the... They call it a light casing, but it's it's heavy. They're both 1,000-gram tires. But I'm riding that front and rear. Um, they make the same combination in the tan wall front and rear. And I, I like it. And it works on the loose over hard stuff here. <clears throat> so that would be another option for you, the Trail Boss. Uh, it doesn't quite get all the way up to 2.4 for sure. I've ridden it a little while now, and it's like 2.37. Or something like that. The Ranger, surprisingly enough, uh, mounted it up and it was immediately 2.4. So, really odd. And if you look at those two tires, it's really weird. The Trail Boss is a very knobby looking tire, you know, compared to like your Recon or to the Ranger. Uh, The Ranger looks like a much more fast rolling tire. And they weigh almost exactly the same. It's very odd. But... You know, that would be, those are just some options for you. You could try any of those. But like Kenny said, you know, once you're on wet roots and wet rocks, uh, tread, like your rubber compound is probably going to matter more than your tread. And it won't matter a lot. Like it's going to be very slight differences. Cool. And I'm Uh, losing my voice. I think we answered that one. Any more questions? Yeah. Yeah. Andrea talks so little every week now, recording the show blows her out. Yeah, like I will tomorrow my voice will be scratchy all day because this is literally the most that I talk all week. Like I won't talk the rest of the week. I won't talk as much as I do during the hour we record this show. And I I just want everyone to acknowledge that I live with this woman. (laughs) And I'm just like, hey. And she's like, and I'm like, or sorry, I'm like, hey. And she's like, and I'm like, what do you want to do today? She's like, coffee. And I'm like, are you going to ride today? She's like, this is Creek. <laughs> do I really sound like that in the morning? And No, in the morning, I just don't come downstairs until you've had enough coffee to not look at me with fucking laser eyes. All right. How long have we been recording? I've really, you know, now that I'm the one editing the shows, I really appreciate when we don't go over one hour. <laughs> oh, We're weird. at uh, a little over 50 minutes. Yeah. All right. We do have a few more listener questions from well, let's the knock one or two Instagram. more out. Yeah. Yeah. Rapid fire. Let's go. Maxwell Lindsay 
I know that dude. Is lift serviced mountain biking, quote unquote, real mountain biking? Uh, can I? Well, yeah. Y'all go first, and then I'll knock it out. Of course. I mean, okay. So this is my personal experience with lift serviced mountain biking. Sure, you don't get quite the aerobic workout you would as if you were to pedal up the hill and go downhill, you know, all day long. Most people can't just do downhill runs all day if they have to pedal up the hill to do the downhill runs all day. And you can learn a lot and improve a lot in your downhill skills by going to lift service places and riding. And you can get really good at it. And then if you're really good at pedaling uphill, you can be really good at pedaling uphill and really good at, you know, shredding the gnar downhill. So, yeah, it's it's real riding. Not only is it real riding, it's really important. And I used to have some chicks, like, in the Winter Park cross-country races, they're like, how do you get so good downhill? Because I was riding my single speed. You know, I'm on a hardtail, and they're on full suspension bikes, and they always started the single speed category with the normal like the cat one women and they're like how do you do that and it's like i occasionally go to the bike park like go and learn how to ride downhill and then if you can go 30 miles an hour on your you know like your full suspension bike going downhill then you can do 25 miles an hour on your hardtail and it doesn't seem like you're about to die so yeah go go do that it's important and it's not really easy i mean Maybe aerobically, it's not as hard as pedaling all the time, but it's definitely a mountain bike skill. So, yeah, it's real riding. It'd also be like saying riding moto is not a workout. Because, I mean, for the longest time, you know, meeting people and just seeing stuff like motocross at the highest level, I'm pretty convinced they are, if not the most fit, some of the most fit athletes period like it is the intensity they ride at and the strength they have is ungodly it, it doesn't make any sense yeah it, it's a different level so i mean i think that's just a dumb argument um yeah that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever i mean it, it, if you wanted to go down that road it's not real mountain biking unless you do like a perfect out and back on a trail like you ride the same exact trail up and the same exact trail down. Because then then what's not mountain biking? If you ride a gravel road, the gravel access road that everybody rides up to go to this cool downhill trail, if you ride that, you're not like a real mountain biker? I don't know. That's just a stupid argument. No, and I mean, uh, to, to maybe wrap it up, like uh, my understanding is that uh, Sir Maxwell is one shuttle rat supreme. But, you know, I, I think that when someone... It would only be fair for us to make fun of you only doing shuttle laps when you started being a dick and making fun of someone for like doing an XC race in spandex, right? Exactly. Like, it only becomes he said, she said when you say like something negative like about the other group. Um, you know, and I think that um, I think that anyone, I mean, if you're like I'm gonna go to the trails and I'm gonna climb the downhill like if there's a trail and the local trail system labels is like downhill traffic uh moving at high speeds like it's not technically a directional trail but like there's signage at the bottom that's like we're gonna be hauling the mail here and you're like i'm gonna climb it on my e-bike 10 times a day because i fucking can you're just a dickhead right and i think you can be a dickhead in like a hundred different ways and i think that people that are like xc assholes want to be dickheads to people that are shuttle rats because they don't like them and people that are shuttle rats want to be dickheads to xc people because they don't like them and as long as you're not a dickhead then there's no problem um what you should do the way that i see it is you should do what makes you smile on your bicycle like if that's doing gravel riding on a drop bar bike like fantastic if it's Unless you know, that's like riding, you know, like like buzzing hikers and like slapping them on the back of the head as you go by. Like if you do that and it makes you smile, you're just a fucking dick. <laughs> Your good time should never infringe upon a reasonable person's good time. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. But yeah, do what makes you happy. Like if doing shuttle runs makes you happy and you enjoy it and you want to get better at it or whatever, 
fantastic. You should go do that. If, you know, going upside down on a dirt jump bike makes you happy, fantastic. That takes a ton of skill. You should pursue that. Like a ton of people have fun doing that. It's an amazing part of the sport. If you, um, there's a million different ways you can enjoy a quote mountain bike. So yeah, that's a really, I never understood people that have to define what another person does. Like that just, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, Hey, reach out. So go look at your mountain bike and reach out and touch it. And if it's actually there and it's not just like a simulation from the matrix, it's a real mountain bike. Then when you ride it, you are really mountain biking. Pretty much. All right. Next question. All right, from Scott Dennis Tattoos. I don't know if this is really a serious question, but I'm going to say it anyway because I know he's been following along a long time. Best grocery getter, daily commuter, bike packer, or packer-er, gravel roader bike. Can there be only one? I really want a surly ECR. Maybe y'all have a better suggestion. It sounds like a cutthroat or something like that. Yeah, I'm not great when it comes to advice on like, you know, bike packing and like traveling type bikes. So I'm going to leave that up to you guys. If I had to have one bike to go to the grocery store, go bike packing on, et cetera, et cetera, it'd be a flat bar bike. And it'd be a flat bar bike because in traffic, you'd have great visibility. Also, that means you have real brakes. I don't think drop bar bikes are that good or drop bar brakes are that good when you're fully loaded. And I think that having the gear range that a, because, oh, yeah, sure, you can run rival GX mullet group on your grocery getter, but that's not feasible, right? So if you're going to run like a GX mechanical group or like an SLX micro spline 12-speed group, you're going to need to do that flat bar. And flat bar is just going to offer you the cheapest way because let's face it, the root of his question is, what's the cheapest way I can do this? Because if money didn't matter, he'd have two. And then one would be a carbon cutthroat with, you know, red XX1 mullet. The other would be like, you know, a Cannondale bad boy commuter bike, right? So with that, I think that we need to look at this and say what's affordable. Flat bar is always going to be most gear range, best braking power for the most affordable and I think any Surly or any, like an Esker Hayduke or a Salsa Timberjack, I think those are all going to do great for that. Sure. I like, I just like the drop bar mountain bike. I, I'm a fan. Just ever since I built mine, I really enjoy riding it. It's very comfortable. I like having the extra hand positions. And if I had to have a bike to be my commuter, grocery getter, bike packer, and gravel roader, I would want mountain bike gearing. Which I think the ECR comes with. It is a mountain bike, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I would want mountain bike gearing. Uh, but for gravel roading, you know, if you can if you can do like the it depends on your gravel roads too. The ones here are pretty nasty, so I just that's why I like the dropper mountain bike. I run the fast tracks on it and I am just comfortable. It's just my comfort bike. But the so, ECR would do all those things also. So, Matt, can you tell me the mm-hmm. difference between the Ogre and the ECR? Um, ECR is 29 plus and discontinued. I believe the Ogre is a similar bicycle. I'm not sure. It is. I think it is plus 29 is the plus. EC, and then is the ECR 27.5 plus? No, the Ogre was 29 plus drop bar. I believe no the ECR was 29 plus and then the Ogre I believe is 29 plus but magically it holds even more warts and bottle mounts and trailer attachments and shit than your standard Surly. Surly That's- actually has no this is something else. I I just found an article Surly Troll versus Ogre versus ECR. Surly's off-road touring bikes compared. So there is that article if you really need it. Gotcha. I was really just trying to educate myself. I don't. I really don't know. Um, um, they say the the troll is categorized as a highly versatile dirt road expedition touring bike. The ogre is an all season commuter bike that is designed for fully loaded exploration, either across town or across country. Then you have the ECR, which is classified as an off road bike packing bike. 
Well, it sounds so. like they discontinued both the troll and the ogre. So it sounds like the, I'm sorry, they discontinued the troll and the ECR. So I think the ogre is your, now your go-to for all those things. Yeah. My understanding is the troll was 26 inch wheels as well. Because when people were like, well, when you go to South America, that's the only tires you can find. It was like, okay, cool. Here's your bike. Yeah, this whole this article is actually good if you Kenny, if you really wanted to learn. It's got little charts and graphs and shit that compare measurements on all of the bikes. Fancy. Uh, we're at over it an is. hour. Should we shut her down? We should shut her down. God, for the love of God, Kenny, we've been needing that for so long. Shut her down. So, without further ado, that's what we're doing. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pad.